With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty present the Underdog Podcast. What's up, guys? Welcome into another season of the Underdog Dynasty Sunbelt Podcast. My name is Matt Miguez. I'm the Louisiana writer for Underdog Dynasty. This is my third season covering Louisiana for Underdog, and it is my second season as a podcast host for Underdog as well. I am joined by my co-host for another year, Mr. Brian Stone. Stone, what's going on, man? Not much. Uh, it, it feels like it's been a very long off season. I mean, it always feels like that, but I don't know. There was something about this year. Maybe it was the world reopening that just made it feel like it's just so much longer yeah. than, than off seasons in the past. I feel like time has blown by in the past and this year it's been like a real grind even to get to July. Yeah. You know, the, the season last year seemed, you know, you, you talked about the off season being a slow grind this year, the season last year felt like it went by in a blink, even, well, even faster than normal. The, the crazy thing, I mean, I mean it was, it was one of the craziest years in college football. I mean, I mean, you never knew if a game was going to take place. Right. Right. We we know that all too well. You would, you would tune into college game day and there would be a breaking news banner on the bottom line that says a game had been canceled like 30 minutes before it was set to begin. So you just, you had no idea like what, what was going to happen, who was going to play, which players were just going to all of a sudden like quietly be like pushed out of the way and be like, right. Oh, they actually tested positive like 10 minutes before game time. Uh, this team doesn't have any quarterbacks now right, or, right. or, you know, whatever. So, you, I mean, yeah, it was, well, it was, I mean, that, that, that's like us in the conference championship game last year. We were in Myrtle beach. Yeah. Our, our players were sitting at dinner when they got the call that they weren't going to play. That's um, yeah. So I mean, crazy. yeah, we, we we know that feeling all too well down here in South Louisiana. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I hate to always relate everything back to my team, but like, like I, I told you before we started recording, like the way that some of the media like around Statesboro handles Georgia Southern information is like trying to extract information from the FBI, like for yourself. So like game one. Nobody knew until kickoff that we had like 24 players out with COVID. Right. And then all of a sudden it was just like you cut on ESPN plus. Like, oh, hey, by the way. Yeah. Kickoffs around the corner. Oh, by the way, uh, a third of Georgia Southern's team just got COVID uh, tested positive and they're all out. So um, we don't know who's going to play yet. And it's like, what? That's I don't think that's ever happened in college football history, maybe. Right. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely a wild year. Yeah. As much as I think that this year is going to be a huge step in the right direction. Don't be surprised. I'm not, I don't think games are going to get canceled, but I mean, players that didn't get vaccinated could end up having to, having to sit games. You never know. I mean, you, you never know, like, because no one's required to like disclose their status. Of course. Uh, I, I mean, you know, there are NFL players that 
are like keeping this information. I mean, I mean, imagine there's so many college players to keep up with that it's like you never know. You just don't. But then like there are NFL players that are keeping this information under lock and key. So you like right. you're like, is my running back all of a sudden gonna test positive and be like, actually guys, didn't get vaccinated yet. Yeah. So I'm just gonna Fan- fantasy football is gonna be interesting this year, man. Yeah. And and for for our listeners who don't know this, Brian and I are in a league together and he's gonna get his his ass kicked this year. We'll see. <laughs> well, tonight we're gonna start season previews and uh we begin with one of the Sunbelt Conference co-champions, the real champion, uh, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. You know, 10-1 and one last year, uh, their only blemish coming at home against Coastal Carolina by three on a last-second field goal. And a lot, uh, what a lot of people don't realize about that game is you take that into consideration. We talked about the COVID pandemic. The Cajuns were missing nine starters that night. Um, which yeah. is which is a situation that a lot of teams were in last year. I'm not taking I'm not using that as an excuse, but it, it's something to consider that your only hiccup is when you were missing a third of your starters. You know, kind of a kind of a what could have been situation. But uh, since I'm the Louisiana aficionado of the underdog writers, we're gonna do this in a question and answer kind of format. Brian's gonna pose questions for me. I'm gonna answer them the best way I can give you guys the most information we can possibly give you. And uh, we'll do that for most of the teams in the conference. And uh, we'll, we'll have some fun over the next two months. So I just want to start off. um, I have, I guess for you, it would be a lukewarm take, but I think for a lot of our listeners, this would be a hot take. I think if you guys and coastal play in the conference title game, last year and it actually happens i think you guys win absolutely because because it just felt like coastal it was weird um as soon as they won that byu game it felt like that was the peak of their season like you know you can take whatever you want away from it um you know byu it was a good win i think they were ranked 13th or something around there at the time but then they play Troy the next week and Troy nearly ran away with it. Yeah. And they win by four and then they play Liberty in the bowl game. And I just remember watching that game going, this isn't the same coastal team that I've been watching like all year. And then, you know, Liberty ends up, you know, upsetting them by three in overtime. And it it just felt like it, it felt like they had, peaked like with the BYU win, they they beat a ranked team with I believe college game day was in town. Oh yeah. It was a it it was was a huge deal. Yeah, it was the biggest win in school history. Beat the guy that ended up being the number two overall pick in this year's draft. I mean it was like you couldn't have asked for more. And then from there it just felt like it was like a slow decline. And I feel like if they play like I said you guys in the the title game, I, I I feel like you guys probably beat them and then they limp their way into that whatever bowl game and i guess still play liberty i don't i don't know how that would have worked out but yeah yeah i mean there, there's no question about it um you know i'm not a well i say i'm not i'm a biased fan because what what fan isn't biased right but i'm i'm also as as an aspiring journalist i also know when i need to be impartial and you know look at the facts from both sides no question about it, we would have won that game against Coastal Carolina. We had just beaten App State for the first time in program history. 
Um, we were riding a seven-game win streak. I mean, we, we were absolutely clicking on all cylinders at, at that moment in time. And like, like you said, it, it seemed like Coastal kind of peaked after that BYU game. And, yeah, you know, I, think, I think they were a little too cocky after the way they were able to beat us. And I don't know, man, I, I, think, I think we would have gone to, to Myrtle Beach and taken care of business pretty handedly, actually. I mean, this is all, you know, conjecture or whatever. I don't know. Hey, it's, hindsight's twenty twenty. It, it's also tough to kind of gauge what that BYU team actually was right. because it's like who'd they play? Uh, well, half that's uh, that was a thing that wasn't their fault. They had before the season started. Once COVID hit, you know, they're an independent. Yeah, half, they, all their they lost all their games, games out. Yeah, and they couldn't do any. I mean, they were scrambling. I remember they were scrambling to put together a a, a, a schedule like on the fly. Like I remember that uh, Coastal BYU game got got put, scheduled like three weeks out or something like that, two weeks out or something like that from yeah. that game. So it was like everything last year was just thrown together like on the fly for for them specifically because they don't have a conference. So it's just like whoever wants to play it was like an open challenge to like any team that wanted to come play that had an opening and well, then it was like all the all the p5 teams had nothing to gain by playing them so they were all like no right we, we're good you know i remember one story from the coastal byu game they talked about on that college game day episode that morning uh the equipment team for byu they were told tuesday night that week the game hadn't been booked yet uh, they were told it was either Monday or Tuesday night that week to start driving to start driving to Myrtle Beach, and they were like, yep. "But but there's there's no game yet," and they said, "We'll drive there anyway. Hopefully there there's a game be. when hopefully there's a game when you get there." Jeez. And so you know you you got they got lucky and there was a game to play when they got there, but that that just kind of sums up the year last year. Yeah. It, like I said, I mean, maybe some college football historian can look back and be like, well, a hundred years ago during the Spanish flu, this happened. And it's like, okay, but, but in recent history, right, it had right. to be the craziest. Absolutely. There, there had, to my knowledge, never been a season where there were teams scheduling other teams two weeks out from the game, like you said, and being like, I, I think Houston scheduled a game like a week out at yep. one point like i mean our, like, our game our game with play somebody our game with iowa state was scheduled two weeks in advance yeah so i mean I, i've never heard of that happening yeah, typically it, these schedules, these schedules are, are made are four like or five years. years in advance right yeah yeah like we we play boise in like 2028 or something like that Shit, like dude, i think we i think we scheduled a game for 2030 ridiculous yeah that, that that's always ridiculous we've 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 got a we've got a long range of, of scheduling games yeah uh so let's kind of I, I mean we touched on it but let's let's kind of jump into you guys uh season last year um you know obviously started off with the big upset against iowa state i remember us you and i going over that game in like pretty solid detail i mean i I didn't want to take anything away from you guys, but what I took away from that game was how you guys obviously played really well. I could not have been less impressed with the way that Iowa state played in that game. Like it was not a matter of like you guys, I mean, on paper shouldn't have beat them because they were ranked and all that kind of stuff. However, the effort that Iowa state gave was 
I'd have been embarrassed if I'd have been an Iowa state fan. Like it wasn't even like one of those where it was like, well, you know, we gave it a good fight and it came down to the end and we lost by a field goal or whatever. It was just like nothing. We couldn't do it. They couldn't do anything. Like it was like, you guys had them in a straight jacket. Like it was, it was weird to watch almost. I mean, maybe you can chalk that up to COVID, but they didn't have anybody out. Yeah. As far as I, I remember. No, the only, the only guys they had out were due to injury, but yeah. you know, that, that first half, their offense was able to move the ball a little bit. You know, they got the, they got those two touchdowns. They were, it was, I think it was 14, nothing at half and, or 14, seven or, or something like that. And, um, 14, 10, it was 14, 10 at half. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, as, as a Cajuns fan playing Iowa state on ESPN week one, if it's 14, 10 at halftime, I'm sitting there going, hell yeah. Yeah, that's a win. We got him. We got him. Even if we end up losing this game, like just just to be able to compete that way is is fantastic. And then you know you get the long touchdown from Levi to Peter LeBlanc. You get the punt return for a touchdown. You get the kick return for a touchdown. And then you know about there was about seven minutes left in the game, and it's thirty-one seventeen or thirty-one fourteen, which ended up being the final, and. uh about that seven minute mark was when I really, when it really sunk in that we were going to win the game and uh, by far the biggest win in school history to date. Yeah. Um, yeah. It has to be. I, and I and mean, that's, and that's including beating Texas A&M in Lafayette in 1996. Yeah. And, and, and this is kind of what I meant about, like, this is an example of that comment. What that I said about Iowa state is like, as the season went along and I watched a little more big 12 football, it seemed like to me that Brock, Purdy was the the player that every week I would hear about going into the game. Every all the announcers look out for Brock Purdy, look out for him. And then it was like the game would come on, and it was like this is the guy that you guys have been talking about for two weeks. Like I, I get it; they have that Brees Hall running back that they have is oh Brees very good. Brees is a machine. He's yeah, a machine. He's, he's very good. But then every week going in, I would be like, I'd hear about Brock Purdy. And then I'm like, I think that's the guy I just watched last week who wouldn't throw a ball more than five yards in the air against yep. Iowa state. Like, so it was or, or against you guys. And I was like, that's who, that's who you guys are trying to pump up like on Fox. <laughs> but no, dude, pe- people don't realize this because of the way Iowa state played week one. Brees Hall had a hundred yards against us. Oh yeah, no. Every he, time he ran for over hundred yards. Every time I watched him, I was like, "This guy's the best player." That was that was the one guy that that might have been the quietest one hundred yard performance I've ever seen. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter when. <laughs> well, right when nobody <laughs> else is doing 17. anything for you, right? It doesn't matter. Down by seventeen and trying to establish the run at four and a half a clip, and it's like. <laughs> And, and, you know, it's one of those it's one of those things where right after you beat a team like Iowa State, you you turn around and you look at your buddies and say, you know, we have to be Iowa State fans now. Yeah, because because if if, if they if they win out and like we're their only loss, six loss season. Right. You guys are you guys are right back where you started. How how good do we look? You know, and and like perfect scenario. We beat them at home last year by 17. They go on to compete in the Big 12 conference game. They're an outsider for the playoff, and they win mm-hmm. the freaking Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, how good did that make Louisiana look? Yeah, 
no, I, no, I totally agree. I mean, you know, they had a nine and three season. I mean, it was, you know, it, it couldn't have. Uh, and nine and three in the Big Twelve, especially with how talented the Big Twelve was last year. Yeah, that's a good year. And the, and the Big Twelve, like no one could establish any momentum. One right. week it was one week it was this team is up here, and the next week it's uh, Oklahoma State's best team in the conference. Nope, they just nope. got blown out by someone else. Then yeah. then Oklahoma, no, they lost to they lost to Texas else. and then lost to Texas. Now Texas can't Texas right. can't get a win. It's like, Texas Tech beat them. And, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, last so, year last year was absolutely wild, man. <laughs> so let's let's get into the schedule a little further. Obviously, that you know, like you said, biggest win in school history. I I totally totally agree. It was I I couldn't believe it when it happened. Um, to be totally honest, but it I think it was because of how dominating it was. It, it's not just that you guys won. It was that outside of after halftime it was never like it never felt close again yeah so that's that's what took me most by surprise oh dude that that floored me yeah that that, that would have done the same thing if i'd have been in your shoes i I wouldn't i was i was absolutely we we were we were in a i mean we were confident that we could go and win but we we did not expect the the way in which we did it right yeah that was that was absolutely insane so getting a little further down the schedule, uh, you guys uh, played Georgia's, the Georgia's uh, state and Southern the next two weeks. Um, I remember state being a let like a little bit of a letdown game for you guys. Oh and they had, God, a, they had a real shot to like come back and, and upset you guys. And well, yeah, we, like, we went to overtime. Yeah. I, but I remember like even overtime, I was like, uh, are they going to really do this one week after beating a ranked Iowa state team on national TV? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we were missing all, uh, again, not an excuse, but last year, this, this is, this is going to be the story in every game. Like we were missing a lot of guys due to COVID. Um, I think we were missing 21 total players. And was this the game that you said that you guys were missing like a lot of your receiving core or no? Yeah, we were missing two or three receivers. Yeah. Um, so it kind, kind of took away our passing game, to, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and so we had to rely heavily on the run game. And, you know, our, our running backs had kind of gotten beaten up against Iowa State's defense. So we, we came out sluggish. Georgia State was was really good. I mean, they were they were a quietly great team last year. Um, I, I think it was just that just speaks to their like inconsistency. That, right. Like, you just hadn't you had right. no idea what Georgia Dude, State team was going to show up. Quad Brown. He before he graduates, he might be the best quarterback in the Sunbelt Conference. Well, I think we talked about this last year. Isn't he going to end up having something like six years of eligibility when yeah. it's all said and done? Because yeah. <laughs> it was like they didn't like, count last year right? Uh, for for a lot of players. And, and then it, we said something else. Something else was it came up, and, and I can't remember. Oh, he was redshirted last year right. uh, in 2018, so he's a, but he so four games. So he's a redshirt true freshman. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, talk, we'll, and we'll obviously talk about it more next week when we cover Coastal. But the fact that Grayson Grayson McCall is going to be a true freshman once again mm-hmm. is scary. Yeah, God, that's scary. But <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the back to the Georgia State game. I, I thought you know it was one of those. It was a perfect setup for a trap game. Uh, coming off that high of beating Iowa State, playing a good Sun Belt Conference team on the road 
it had all the it had all the mixings of of a trap game. And but you know it, that performance, especially in the fourth quarter and into overtime to win it, just shows the resilience that that Louisiana had last year and the way that we were able to just because we had to grind out a lot of our wins last year. Uh, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, especially the the walk off field goal. Mm-hmm. Um, UAB was kind of a grind, also. App State going down to the, to that last second missed field goal. Uh, so yeah, yeah. We, we had we had to grind out a lot of games last year. So that just shows you the the resilience that our that our program had during the pandemic. For sure. Um, so you guys grind out a win against Georgia State, like you said. Uh, you guys end up beating us, uh, which. With benefit of hindsight, that was the in that loss. That was the best effort that Georgia. Oh yeah, y'all were great. Fourth the whole season. Y'all were great. It was like the games that we won from there were games that we were supposed to win. We didn't upset anybody that we weren't supposed to beat. And then it was like the bowl game. I didn't know what the team that Louisiana Tech was going to bring, and then they ended up not having a quarterback (laughs) who could like throw the ball. And so when it was all said and done, I looked back and I was like, you know, it's sad to say, but that Louisiana game was easily the the most complete game we played all year. Yeah. Shy shy was phenomenal. Um, (laughs) Y'all got, y'all had great contributions from JD King and Wes Kennedy. Uh, That, that touchdown ball by Caleb hood was, (laughs) was phenomenal. Yeah. And and you know, I I don't ever want to disrespect any of our players, but with the performances, field goal wise that Nate Snyder was putting up last year, when yeah we when, talked about that when, I remember when, when we when we when we trotted him out to kick that fifty three yarder, I wanted to text you actually and be like, hey, great game, y'all got it, y'all won. <laughs> no no disrespect to Nate, but I mean, you know, history has a way of repeating itself. Uh, well, uh, see, I didn't know because I had – it was one of the previous two games. I can't remember whether it was Georgia State or Iowa State that you guys had played where y'all's kicker kicked a ball at one point that went in the corner of the stadium. Like, it wasn't in the same zip code as the uprights. And I was like, if this is that same guy – Yep, it was. I, I was like, I'm not I'm not super concerned. <laughs> and then when he booted I w- it, I, w- I was I just sitting been. there – I was just sitting there watching it go. What, oh, and, there's no way. And you know, one, no way. one thing cleared it. <laughs> one one thing a lot of people didn't talk about. So Nate Nate's a transfer from Indiana. Yeah. He never attempted a field goal at Indiana. He was their kickoff specialist. <laughs> so coming into coming into UL, the kid hadn't attempted a field goal since high school. Yeah. It'd been like three years since he had kicked a field goal. That's crazy. I mean, re- regardless, whether you're a natural kicker or not, if you haven't cooked, kicked a field goal in three years, you're going to have some serious rust to knock off. Yeah. And, and at, at the time, as a fan, you're sitting there going, you have one job, dude. Make the damn kick. And and the, the thing that a lot of people forget is like, you can't simulate a game situation of uh, in practice. Like you, you just can't. Cause it's like, there's so many variables and you don't want something to happen to one of your actual a kids. Players. A kid's going to get hurt. Yeah. No, You're like, it's going to get hurt. We don't, we don't want our starting tight end to break his arm on a, like a fake or right. not a fake, but just like a practice field goal. that doesn't actually mean anything. Right. So it's like, you try your best to go game speed, but you can't replicate like, the the pressure that's put on somebody and like the emotion that goes into it so 
you know, like you said, credit to him. It was a hell of a kick. I, yep. I couldn't believe it when it happened. I, I just kept tracking it and I was like, it went through. Yeah. He, he, he didn't buy through? a, he, he didn't, he didn't buy a drink in Lafayette that night. I guarantee you that. Oh, I, I guarantee it. So, so moving on from there, you know, you guys have the, the loss to coastal by three. Um, I mean, we touched on this, you know, pretty well when we talked about the two coastal games a little earlier. So I'm kind of going to skip over this because I'm, yep. I'm sure this is going to be a recurring theme. You guys in coastal or, you know, something along those lines throughout these previews. So I'm going to kind of go down the list of these games and you tell me if there are any that stand out that you would you would want to talk about. Um, so after the coastal game, you guys beat UAB, mm-hmm. uh, Texas State. Uh, Arkansas State, South Alabama, you had a game against Central Arkansas get canceled. Mm-hmm. You play your rival, you on Monroe. Which, I mean, <laughs> we demolished them. It was it was a fifty point deficit. So <laughs> I, I I actually uh, I had work that day, and I can remember I pulled. Well, you the, didn't miss anything. I had pulled the game up on my phone, and I pulled it up late, and it was like seven nothing, I think. And yeah, I kind of watched it for a little while. Next thing I know, it's 21, nothing. And I said, okay, you know, we're, we're going to run away with this one. Let me, you know, let me put my phone down. So I put my phone down, got some work done. Maybe about an hour later, I turned the game back on. It's 42 to nothing. And I said, oh, yeah. it's going to be one of those days. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, it, it couldn't come against a better opponent because I, I don't know how to compare it. I really don't. Lafayette hates, loathes Monroe. Well, I mean, the relationship's kind of that of a hammer and a nail, right? Oh, like, 100. I, we, we despise. Like, I have, I have said that there are 130 D1 athletic departments, right, in college mm-hmm. football. I will work for 129 of them. (laughs) The only school that I would turn down is ULM. Yeah. I mean, I mean, mean, growing up my whole life, you hated in Lafayette, Louisiana, you hate the Dallas Cowboys and you hate ULM. Like that, that's it. And the Atlanta Falcons, you hate the Atlanta Falcons. That's fair. Those three teams are the plague. Mm-hmm. Plain, plain and simple. So, so yeah. Uh, obviously, beat, beating somebody seventy to twenty, it couldn't have been a better opponent other than other than ULM. Yeah. So you know you 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 went over this briefly, but you guys then beat uh, App State in Boone twenty four twenty one. Like you said, your first win over App in school history. Um, you know, the culmination of, of, you know, a really good season. Like, a, you know, it's like you, you lose to coastal, but you know that there, you guys are the best team in the West. So you get whoever comes out of the East and then you've got that rematch kind of in your back pocket. And then coastal gets bit by the COVID bug a week later. Allegedly. You don't have a conference title game. So then your quote unquote co-champions, which is, a, lo- a load of a load of crap. Like, 
Yeah. I mean, I liked, I actually really liked the idea of just making a bowl game coastal versus Louisiana and having it be the de facto title game. You see, I I liked that idea, but then at the same time, I felt like it should have been a scenario and I'm pretty sure you and I have talked about this. Um, They should have set a rule in place last year that if a team caught COVID and, and was unable to play in the conference championship game, the next ranked team would play in their place. Mm-hmm. So in that situation, it would have been us and app. Mm-hmm. Had we caught COVID, it would have been Coastal and Arkansas State, I think, finished second in the West. Yeah, um, so that would so that would be my default guess. So it would have yeah. been so it would have been coastal. It would have been. been coastal in Arkansas State. I mean, yeah, that's an unfortunate scenario, but at the same time, you're you're the reason, quote unquote, that the title mm-hmm. game can't be played. Well, it's you, so you weird. You shouldn't rob the conference from a title game just because right. one one coach caught COVID. Well, it's so weird to not really have a conference champion. Like, right. uh, uh, you do, but it's also like we basically just picked the two best teams and asked them to split the title. I, I will like, say this, though. I am glad that they okay. didn't. I, I, I am glad that they didn't base it off of regular season performances because they would have yeah. given Coastal the outright conference title just because they beat us by three. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, that's how the Sun Belt used to be before they got a title game. It was right. just like. If you finished und- if two f- teams finished undefeated and they didn't play each other, then you were just co-champs. And I was right. like, "You sure we can't just get one game in here? Guys? <laughs> we can't like, play one more game." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, then, like I said, it gets canceled, uh, and then you guys go on to play uh, Texas San Antonio, I yep. believe it is, uh, in the in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl, and you guys win thirty one twenty four. And that pretty much puts a cap on you guys' 10 and 1 season. Uh, conference co champions, like we said. Now, coming into this year, let me I let me start off by asking because from my from my research, I've I've seen that a lot of things are staying the same with you guys Absolutely. outside of I believe it's the running back position. Yeah. Um, what is changing for you guys this year? Um, yeah, like we lost Elijah Mitchell and Trader, I guess, to the NFL draft. Um, so we're going to have to replace one starter on offense. And then uh, Joe Dillon, our defensive end from last year, graduated. So we're going to have to replace one starter on on defense as well. But when you have 10 out of your 11 guys coming back on each side of the ball, I mean, that's that's ridiculous. Um, the, the biggest thing that's going to change this year is our coaching staff. Um, if I remember correctly, we've had to replace six coaches this offseason. Um, okay. Our offensive coordinator slash O-line coach, Rob Sale, he's now the offensive line coach of the New York Giants. Um, so obviously that was a, a huge thing. Uh, our, D, our DB's coach, Lamar Morgan, is now the DB coach for Vanderbilt. Uh, I believe we had another coach go to Vanderbilt as well. Um, so we had a lot of coaches to replace, but I think that we have, we have brought in, you know, high quality replacements. Um, we brought in a guy from Georgia, brought in a guy from Florida Atlantic, uh, South Florida. So we, we've, we've definitely done well with replenishing the, uh, the staff and, you know, as cliche as this might be, uh, I think it's going to be a reload year 
and, and not not so much of a rebuild in, in Lafayette. Well, it's not even that much of a reload. Like you, like you said, you guys aren't even losing that much talent, like across the board. So, I mean, outside of coaching, which, I mean, I guess you have to put your faith in, you know, coach Napier and be like, he, he's going to find guys that can fill the spots that, that other coaches have, have left. But I mean, you know, coming from someone who firsthand knows how much coaching means, uh, on one side of the ball or another, uh, I mean, you guys are in a prime spot to, to kind of make that run again. And honestly, I think there's more pressure on a team like coastal, uh, or app to, to respond and get back to that point. than there is you guys like, I mean, I hate to say it, but the West is kind of, no, it's so weak. It's a week. It's, it's weak so again. weak. So it's like, you guys are probably going to steamroll through I mean, everyone. I, Arkansas state's the only team that really has any hope at all to do anything. So it's you know, like, I, I host my own UL podcast. And, uh, the other day I had the, the pleasure of sitting down with Phil Steele, you know, the guy who kind of writes the college football Bible, if you will. And right. uh, we, we were talking about our program and our schedule this year and all that. And he, he basically said it outright. The West is going to be no problem for you guys. Y'all are going to run right through it. Yeah. I mean, I mean like I said, it's I like, mean, Ar- Arkansas uh, State. You ca- unless you catch Arkansas State on like right. a bad day and they're just throwing the ball f- all over the field. like Arkansas, I, I Arkansas State's the only team that can touch us. I mean, I hate to say this because, like, I don't actually think this is going to happen, but I really do feel like, I mean, you guys could be like eight and four and still win the West and like yeah. go to the title game. I mean, it's absolutely because like, because you're not going to lose games. I mean, our, like we said, Arkansas State, but then it's like Texas State, ULM, South Alabama. I mean, those aren't you're not you're, you're not losing you guys are going to lose teams. those games. You're not losing so it doesn't matter. Teams. Like, so it, it's almost a foregone conclusion at that point that you guys are going to be in the conference title game and if the team from the East or whatever can't play you guys, I think they should just give you the trophy. I don't think they can pull that two years. Right. Right. Texas could very well be a loss. Liberty could very well be a loss. I could see us losing to either Southern or state. So right there, I I think that's three losses. So the Texas game was something that I wanted to talk about with you because I've already heard a lot of people uh, who aren't even, fans of Louisiana say Texas needs to be on the lookout for like upset watch because this is the exact same thing that happened to Iowa state last year. Now I will say, I do think you guys are catching Texas at the right time because if Sam Ellinger had decided to come back for another season, I think I would, I'd I'd already, I'd already write it a loss. Yeah. You'd have to 100% in, but but now it's like they're starting over at quarterback. They have Sarkeesian coming in and no one knows what he's, I mean, people have an idea of what he's going to do because he's did it at Alabama, USC and everywhere else. <laughs> but then it's like outside of that, I mean, this guy is starting from scratch basically with a, with a new team. They have no continuity at the most important position, which is quarterback. They don't have any continuity in the coaching. So, I think there is a real chance for you guys to kind of run and upset them. Now I do think Texas is going to be a little bit more on their heels because of the Iowa state game last year. Like, I don't think they're going to take you guys lightly at all. Now, if you guys just out muscle them and just beat them outright, like 
yeah, I mean, there's nothing they can do. Right, but like, right. it, I don't think it's going to be one of those where Texas is like, oh, well, we came into this game thinking it was going to be a walkover and it wasn't. Right. You know? Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say this. Um, I'm not a betting man in any way. But uh, the line is currently sitting at Texas minus ten. Pretty short for a, I, I a would, power five. I would I uh, would bet I would bet the mortgage blue blood football program against. <laughs> I would I would bet school. the mortgage on that one. Yeah, <laughs> I would bet the mortgage on that one, um, because I, I'm not saying in any way that we're definitely going to win. I think we've got a great shot to, like you said, you know, we're catching them at the right time with a new quarterback, new head coach. Uh, whole lot of unknowns but yeah it's it's a perfect setup with the amount of people that you guys have coming back right like versus their newness on everything but you know even even if we even if we do end up losing i think it's going to be by less than 10 points Mm -hmm. so i would definitely i would definitely take that minus 10 i think it all comes down to who they have playing quarterback and how that person plays it's got to be casey thompson right I guess. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I like, don't know. Supposedly, they have this freshman that's supposed to be the real deal. Yeah, but I but feel like I hear that all the time with Texas, and then it turns out to be like some guy who Vince, transfers Vince to Young SMU wannabe. a year later. Right? No, it's just a guy that ends up transferring to SMU like a year later. And I'm Shane, like Shane Bouchel. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's this Garrett Gilbert part nine. Right? Like whatever. Um, <laughs> so. Okay, so going through you guys' schedule, you kind of talked about it. Uh, let's let's touch on some of the tougher games that you guys have outside of the Texas game. Uh, you play at Georgia Southern Week Four. Yeah. Okay, the only reason I'm not talking about the Ohio game that you guys have at home is because I don't know anything about Ohio. <laughs> so I'm just like I'm perceiving I mean, as if that you know, man, they're they're a, they're a solid MAC team. Um, we we played them. 2019 and uh, we, we went up there and I think we beat them by 20 and uh, I mean they're a good team I, I don't want to take anything away from them but playing at home primetime game Thursday night I, I don't see us losing no and I mean like I said I'm gonna level with you I don't I don't know anything about them and I think that also speaks to their notoriety i guess nationally is like i just have no concept of like what they are as a team so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna skip right past that one right so the 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 conference openers week four at georgia southern i think that that is another one where you're catching us at a perfect time for you guys we have a lot of uncertainty at quarterback coming in next year so i don't my expectations are very tempered for next year's Georgia Southern team, to be totally honest. I'm not even trying to hedge by saying like, oh yeah, I'm just being humble. Like, I don't know. No, I literally, we could be 500. I'll tell you this, I, man. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I have no idea what to expect. Regardless of, of y'all's performance, just, just from a fan base alone, end of September, beginning of October, the hole is the last place I want to be. <laughs> that's the last place I want to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, I mean that Paulson stadium is a scary SOB. <laughs> and, and we obviously didn't have it last year because of COVID and everything and, and limited 
fan seating, but I thought I thought the way a normal year a normal year when that place gets rocking, man. It, I, I thought the way that Cajun Field tough. was I thought the way that Cajun Field was designed with the field being below sea level and the stands just kind of caving in on it was was well designed. But God, Statesboro's got it going on. <laughs> Especially like you said, when y'all when y'all have a when y'all have a crowd of, of you know twenty twenty five thousand, it yeah that again end of September beginning of October that's the last place I want to be. Mm-hmm. So, I like I said, my expectations are tempered. I don't I don't really know what to expect out of this team. I, I think anytime with our offense that you're breaking in a new quarterback, you have to temper your expectations right. unless, unless you've miraculously get a player who's run the exact same system somewhere else or, or whatever. But like, I, I don't know. So I, I would, I would, I would pretty much pencil you guys in for a win unless we just show up the first three weeks and look amazing. Like I, I just, I have a hard time picturing a world in which, we turn over most of our offense and still right. <laughs> still are able to pull out a win. So the next premier game kind of on you guys' schedule, you got October 12th. Uh, this is a, a primetime game on ESPN2. You guys welcome App uh, to Lafayette. You know, that that's another team. It, it's kind of tough to, to place what they're going to be because, you know, they lose their quarterback. And then they bring in that Clemson transfer, Chase Bryce, who I don't think has ever really taken meaningful snaps at Clemson because of Trevor Lawrence. He didn't take meaningful snaps at Clemson, but he did play a full year at Duke last year. Okay. He and did. He did. He I did play. Think, but Duke wasn't that good, right? I mean, they weren't great, but I mean, he. Yeah. I, I think I think he threw for twenty five hundred yards. I was a little baffled at the the people who and it wasn't even at fans but it was just people who keep up with recruiting and transfers and all that kind of stuff being like this is a huge get for app and i'm like is it like it's not as if they pulled in like some extremely good transfer from like a I mean, like I, like I said, he was a fine quarterback at Duke, but like he never played any meaningful snaps really at Clemson. So you didn't really get to see him with, you know, the top flight talent around him. And he's not going to get that at, at app, not to the level of Clemson. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird to have to tell what, what they're going to look like next year. I mean, I have to imagine they run a similar scheme because their quarterbacks are similar enough uh, with with going from what was it Lamb to uh, was Lamb their quarterback last year? Uh, no, Zach Thomas. Zach Thomas. That was two quarterbacks ago. Yeah. So from Zach Thomas to Chase Bryce, I have to imagine they they're very um, conservative once again. Want to run the ball, uh, limit the amount of turnovers, play defense. That's so, what I have to imagine. So Duke was two and nine last year. Um, Chase Bryce completed fifty five percent of his passes. For 2,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and 15 interceptions. And this is what I was hearing about, like, in the offseason. Like, it was a coup for (laughs) App to get this guy. And I'm like, I understand it, Duke. You have very limited talent around you. I I totally get that. But, yeah, no, I mean. But to be like, oh, boy, we stole one from from a a P5. I'm like, I don't know, man. It's because of of where he played before Clemson. I mean, before Duke. But I'm like, he might not have had anywhere to go. Right. Like, who else was in the. The yeah, who, who, like, who else was who else was digging for him, right? <laughs> yeah. 
So that's going to be an interesting game too. I mean, it all comes down to, we said this, we said this about uh, Thomas last year. Are they going to, if, if the, if the chips are down and it's late in the game, are they going to allow him to make a play or are they just going to be like, no, let's keep throwing slants and hitches and all these really short stuff. And then hope, that like we break one yeah you know that, I mean, that was work last year that was the interesting thing with sean clark last year with it being his first year as a head coach um but i think this year he he's you know you got that that one full year of experience under your belt you learned a lot of things last year uh I, personally i think app state's gonna win the east this year i, I really do I, I think chase bryce is gonna be is gonna be the real deal for app um i i think his numbers at at duke can mainly be charted up to you know lack of talent and the fact that he's playing in the ACC mm-hmm. I mean you have to play Notre Dame Clemson Virginia Tech Pitt those those are conference North games. Carolina North Carolina yeah that's that's conference games yeah like that's a and tough that was all it was, that's that a was tough schedule last year. yeah um, and last year that was all they could do was play conference games so I, I I think I think he's he's gonna settle in and be be a great quarterback for app um and yeah, I'm I'm nervous about that App State game for 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 many reasons. I, I if and you, you're going to be seeking revenge, if on you, you guys if you had field. if you had to ask me right now what what I what I thought about that game, I don't I don't think we win it. I really don't. I, I don't think. I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm 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 a little skeptical about what they're going to get out of Chase Bryce. We like, we I, don't play well at on home primetime games. We don't. We never have. Hmm. Um, I, I can maybe remember one that we that we've played well in. Um, I mean, you never know. Like I mean, I said, coastal coastal last year, App State the year before that. You know, I, the the list. We don't play well weeknight primetime games at home. It just doesn't happen. Um, and okay. I, I think I think that this year is going to be more of the same. And App State App State finds a way to beat us. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I mean, like, you know, like we kind of said when we started running down the schedule, it wouldn't be the end of the world for you guys because you're going to win the West and whoever comes out of the East, whether it be app or coastal or whoever else, you know, you guys are going to see them in the conference title game again. Yeah. Even, even with a loss to app, your goals are still very much intact. Yeah. So, And, and so, um, so going past the app game, the next week you guys are at Arkansas State. I mean, this is That's the only real, real team you guys are going to play in the West, and it's right. like, and and we're still going to. I win. was, I was impressed by Gunnar Watson last year. Um, I think it all depends on what they surround him with, and if he has people to throw to. And you mean Lane Hatcher or Lane Hatcher? Sorry, Gunnar, yeah. Gunnar Watson's at Troy. Troy. Yeah. Sorry. All good. All good. They're the same team to me. Right. Uh, <laughs> Basically Lane Hatcher. Yeah. If they, if they, they and Troy are very, are so similar that I'm like, if either one of them played a smidge of defense, they would be yep. so dangerous. Yep. But you just can't, you can't, there, there's no defense. defense. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So that's, that's another, like, what if, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to expect from, Arkansas State. I mean, I I have to go into the year assuming they're going to do the same thing they did last year, which is peaks and valleys, and yep. they're going to score a ton of be, points. Be, but they're also going to allow be incredibly average. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're going to they're going to score forty five a game, but they're going to give up fifty. 
<laughs> so I mean, and the, and and they're gonna beat one team probably in the Sun Belt. They have no business beating, or right. or at least take them down to the wire, and then they're gonna lose to a team they have absolutely no business losing to. ULM. Or, or Georgia State or whatever, right. you know, like one of those types of teams. So right. um, I think for that Georgia State game that you guys have on November 4th is a very interesting game. It's oh, yeah. on ESPN primetime 730 Georgia State, you know, like we talked about, kept it really close with you guys last year, went to overtime. Quad Brown gets another year under his belt. Destin Coates is back. Destin Coates is back. I, I mean, that's another team there. Th- this is the key with so many of these Sunbelt teams. If they could establish any level of consistency, these teams would be dangerous. 100% and like in contention for a conference, you know, birth, at least in the title game, if not, if not winning the title, but Georgia state was another team last year. It was like one week you're allowing 50 points. And then the next week it's, it's a blowout and you guys are walking away with it. So it's right. It's so hard. Um, but then, yeah. So go from there at Troy, uh, you guys face Liberty again. We'll see how that, that goes. Uh, that was an interesting game. Um, but yeah, and then you close with ULM, which is, you know, you have to assume that's a dub. So it, it doesn't really matter at that point. So, <laughs> so I, I guess we've gone over everything we need to go over. Um, give me, give me one reason why you think you guys are walking away going to be the conference champions this year. 20 starters returning, um, including our quarterback. Um, our top eight receivers from last year are all back. Uh, our offensive line, crazy stat about our offensive line, not only are they all coming back, over 140 career starts among our entire offensive crazy. line. Absolutely nuts. Uh, again, 10, st- 10 starters on our defense, including Braylon Trahan and Percy Butler, who both probably should have been All-Americans at the end of the year last year. Um Reese Burns, one of the best punters in the country. I mean, talent up and down our roster, talent up and down our coaching staff. A lot to play for after everything that happened with the conference championship last year. I mean, yeah, I, I think I think we have to be the favorite to to win the Sun Belt Conference. So I have a question. You may not know this off the top of your head. How much did the COVID year help you guys with returning players who would have otherwise left? 100, 100%. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the guys we have coming back, um, Levi Lewis would have been gone. Um, mm-hmm. Jalen Williams, one of our receivers would have been gone. Uh, we would have lost two or three tight ends. We'd have lost one of our offensive linemen. We'd have lost two linebackers on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd have lost a safety. So yeah, dude, the 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 extra year of of COVID eligibility has been a, a a godsend. And then, you know, with that, our our future quarterback after after Levi graduates, he he's going to step in in twenty twenty two as a sophomore. Yeah, and he he'll it'll be his fourth year with the program. It's <laughs> crazy. And he's going to be a sophomore. It's <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So I mean. Yeah, the, this extra look looking again, like I said earlier, hindsight's twenty twenty. But looking back at, at the year that we've all had to endure, the COVID pandemic in terms of college football is going to be a blessing in disguise five years down the road. So I have two quick questions 
for you as we wrap this preview up. My first question is, give me one, or I guess it's not a question. It's more of just a challenge. Give me, give me a reason why, or give me a reason or reasons why you might guys might not win the conference this year. Appalachian state. Appalachian state. I'm sorry. I don't want to offend anybody in North Carolina. They don't like that. Appalachian state. So you're not worried about coastal at all. No, I'm not. Um, like, like you said, they peaked, they peaked last year entirely too early. Um, I also, as, as talented as Grayson McCall is, as great of a coach as Jamie Chadwell is, CJ Brewer on their defense. I mean, they have talent up and down just like we do. However, I think App having a full year of head coaching experience for Sean Clark, getting a guy like Chase Bryce, bringing Cam Peoples back, getting their receivers, Thomas Hennigan. Um, they had a kid sit out last year because of COVID. He's back. You know, you put all those ingredients together, man. I just, I think App's going to have a slight advantage over Coastal. And since we don't play Coastal during the regular season, yeah, Coast, Coastal doesn't worry me. Okay. So my last question in this this may be a tough one. This might not. I just kind of thought of this one on the fly. You guys are returning a bunch of starters uh, from the COVID year with the extra year eligibility and all that good stuff. Would you trade that conference title last year for those guys coming back this year? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, and, and, and reason being is now this year with an extra year of those guys having another year of playing time another year of experience all that i think we're the clear-cut favorite to win the conference this year and i think we're the clear-cut favorite to be the g5 representative in the new year six um okay and and i think that if you lose those guys last year even if you win the conference championship last year I, i don't know if you're in the same position going into this season so, yeah, I'll, I'll take a conference championship this year with those guys rather than winning it last year. All right. No more uh, questions, Your Honor. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here all night, man. <laughs> I am here all night. But, yeah, no, dude, September 4th, Austin, Texas, 3.30 in the afternoon, prime time, whatever way you want to look at it. This game is going to be insane. It's it's, it's the biggest game in school history, um, win or lose. Uh, the, just the exposure that the, that not only our athletic and program but our entire university. What what we're going to receive from that game is is going to, you know, you might not see it for three or four years, but you know there might there might be a there might be a twelve year old kid sitting on the couch with his dad in you know Arkansas watches this game and goes, man, that looks, I want to go to that school. Mm-hmm. Re- attendance goes up, you know, stuff like you, you, ne- you never know. So yeah. the, the, the things that you're going to receive from that game are, are going to be going to be incredible. Um, I was, I was hoping to take the trip down to Austin. Um, but I, I decided that an engagement party might be a, uh, might be a better way to, to spend my, my Saturday night. So, uh, you know, well, you didn't want to spend the next month on the couch, right? Right. I don't. I don't <laughs> want to be in the doghouse. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll have a we'll have a big screen set up at the party. We'll have the game on. It'll be fine. Nice. It'll be fine. Well, yeah. I mean, good luck to you guys, man. Like you, like you said, you guys should be the um, 
the overwhelming favorite, I think, for the Sun Belt title. But um, yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to send us home? Yeah, man. You know, next week we'll uh, we'll sit back down and we'll preview uh, we'll preview Coastal Carolina. We'll talk about their season last year, preview, preview their year this year. The the game plan, guys, is we're going to do the the kind of the top five or so um, programs in the conference. We're going to go Louisiana Coastal App, uh, Georgia Southern, Georgia State. And then from there, Arkansas State and Troy are going to be in one episode. And then Texas State, South Alabama, and ULM are going to be in one episode. And that'll bring us right to that'll bring us right to kickoff uh, on on September fourth. So um, definitely a lot to look forward to. We're excited to bring it to you this year, and uh, we, guys, we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Brian, appreciate you as always, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it.